For officers in the UI Department of Public Safety, it's core to our values to foster a safe and inclusive campus environment. We offer paid training and generous benefits, including 12-hour shifts, self-scheduling, retirement, and more. Our passion is fueled by the relationships we build with our students, faculty, and community. It's not only about being a resource and educating others, but supporting the Hawkeyes of today, tomorrow, and years to come. Help us make our community. Hashtag Hawkeye Save. Apply today. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's time to swarm the 402. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their point, but they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled! Corn Huskers? More like Corn Suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. It is time to swarm the 402 with Iowa Hawkeye wrestling coach legend and really doesn't need an introduction at all, Mr. Dan Gable, sir. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. We're honored to have you. Hey, I'm glad to be on there, but uh, that was good. That fired me up, but I was pretty fired up yesterday, too, and probably the day before that and the day before that, so... Well, we're all uh, we're all a little fired up, and I know Jerry and I are about that big Hawkeye victory that we had uh, yesterday against Penn State, and moving up to number two in the rankings. That's pretty great, Coach. Did you have any time to watch that game at all yesterday? I was there. Actually, oh, you were there. All I right. There. I, um, I I I usually don't go to the games anymore, but if I get special requests or something like that, I'll talk it all with my wife. And so I took her too. And we were in a, uh, uh, we were in a press box. Actually it was the, uh, uh, the, the basketball press box. It was the, the ladies basketball press box. But uh, uh, anyway, Tom Arnold, I don't know if you know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's Iowa guy and a Tom one. He's movie star a little bit, you know, he was at my last national tournament in 97 and actually yeah. that really close with uh my my family at that time and he was back for the game and he kind of requested that I uh have a little conversation with him and kind of rekindle sometimes and so I went over there for the first half um 
And uh, it was unbelievable. And I made it home for the second half, and I watched the entire game. I uh, definitely um, enjoyed it. It was uh, right on edge of the seat the whole time. So I love that. Well, it definitely shaved a few years off my life, but I was uh, we were all super happy with the outcome. They just played an amazing game. But coach, we're not here to talk about football today. We're here to talk about you and your great career and all the different things you've done. And, you know, just to kind of start out at the beginning, Jerry and I were having a conversation about you before we were able to have you on and talk to you here. And we uh, one of the things we wanted to know was just as a kid growing up, um, originally what was one of the things if not multiple that really sparked your love for wrestling well right away well my dad was a wrestler uh he i never looked him up i don't know if he was in the record books actually he wasn't a great wrestler but his friends were great wrestlers and uh then their kids were really good wrestlers and they were a few years older than me. So basically my parents, friends, kids would cart me around as a three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old to wrestling practices that they were like, one was probably six years older than me. And uh, one was probably three years older than me, but, uh, I spent a lot of time immediately, but our town of Waterloo, Iowa had fantastic wrestling when I was growing up. All three schools, in fact, four schools, Cedar Falls, Iowa was right next door there. And, uh, you just go in, you just go to Waterloo and then you, and you're in Cedar Falls. And they had all three had championship coaches, uh, Keith Young at Cedar Falls, Bob, uh, Bob Siddons at uh, Waterloo West. Dave Natvig at Waterloo East. It just so happens growing up, I was on the east side of the river and the buzzards were the, were the guys that my dad, uh, Don and Bob Buzzard, and the, the father's name was Don, uh, Don Sr. And they, they were East Waterloo guys. So I used to, they used to take to their practices and I would kind of uh, watch them when I was real small. But at the same time, Beyond that, my dad was smart enough to get me enrolled in the YMCA when I was four years old. So I'd already been subjected to wrestling and to other sports. But now we were actually swimming. Uh, we had a wrestling room or boxing in those days. Probably don't do it so much now. Uh, you know, doing a lot of different sports. But I, uh, I already, already had an edge on them just because of these these buzzard kids. And uh, they were East Waterloo State champion wrestlers. Uh, they went to uh, the higher level of a national championship. Even uh, one of them uh, went to the Olympic Games as well. So, uh, you know, we had some uh, really uh, – I had a really good opportunity. But, like I said, if you're from Waterloo, when I grew up, almost every kid tried wrestling. Why? Because the parents knew that – there was something to get out of that because they were winning the state titles, whether it was Waterloo East, Waterloo West, Columbus High School, Cedar Falls. Uh, you know, so they want them to be a good coach will attract a lot of numbers. So, like, we had 120 kids on our wrestling team at West wow. Waterloo. And, and, you know, only wow. probably 12 of them or 14 of them could have wrestled varsity at that time, probably 12, and then another 12 JV. 
You know, so you're having a lot of kids that doesn't that just come to practices. And the reason why is because the mom and dad wanted them to experience something special. And uh, it was certainly special. So between the YMCA, good coaches, my parents and friends, I was uh, born to wrestle. <laughs> so, Coach, did you play any other sports then growing up? I absolutely did. I absolutely did. My my favorite sport, my favorite heroes at that time, besides local kids on wrestling mats, were professionals. You got to remember, I was four years old when the first TV set hit my house. So you didn't see much. You you listened to it on the radio. But that's not like watching people hit home runs and challenge, you know, trotting around the, the base. You know, I, I was a Yankee fan. I was a Mantle fan. I was a Maris fan. Uh, you know, that type. And I, and I liked all these these um, baseball heroes. And I liked all these football professional heroes. You know, Jimmy Brown, Mickey Mantle, you know, all, all, Hank Aaron, all these guys. Uh, you know, I was just uh, – basketball as well, you know. Bob Cousy. I mean, I couldn't believe how he could dribble a basketball. You know, so I had to get a basketball, you know, hoop out in my yard. So I was doing all sports. And I did all sports until ninth, until 10th grade, till 10th grade. Then I went down to one sport. But when I was in seventh grade or the summer of sixth grade at the YMCA, I won a YMCA state swimming title in the backstroke. And I really? took fourth in the individual medley. But the backstroke was my, my best stroke. And it was kind of funny because that's where you don't want to be in wrestling on your back. Oh. So, uh, you know, I won that um, uh, state championship. That was a big deal. That was a big deal. Wow. I'm a, I can't relate. I'm a terrible swimmer. So I, uh, I cannot. <laughs> you know, nice skill. Get, it is. Uh, practice yeah. enough. Because what if you, what if you fall in the lake or something? I have a lake in my backyard, so I probably should get better. So that's a, a life jacket around okay. All right. So, Coach, as you came up through the ranks as a kid, were you always this competitive? Or, I mean, has this just always been part of your nature? Well, I kind of – I forgot to – you know, when I got this TV, I all, I went to only listening to listening and watching, and that's when I became a multi-sport fan because I was more attracted when you could see Mickey Mantle hit a home run instead of just hearing it. It's, oh, it's exciting, you know, but right now, you know what the people are listening to me, but they're also seeing me too. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, just like yesterday, people don't know that, uh, that because Fox news or, you know, what didn't show the, the game at halftime, they didn't know that Tom brands was out there in the middle field with his wrestling team firing up the fans yeah. The fans went crazy on that national championship wrestling team. That's because he grabbed the mic. He had heard me too much in the wrestling room, but uh, actually not enough because, uh, you know, they they have gotten beaten a few times, you know. So he, uh, they're on their way back. They're doing well. And and he stirred that crowd up. And and I'll tell you what, the team, uh, the team looked pretty good that second half, so. Oh, geez, they sure did. Coach, What you've been uh, quoted a lot in the past uh, talking about mental toughness and how important that is. And that's something that really sets wrestlers, I feel like, apart from other athletes. What really helped you develop your mental toughness growing up? You know, I I think it was a combination of my dad realizing my dad really wasn't a great athlete, but he was a good worker, loyal worker, had he was a realtor. And why was he so successful as a realtor? Because 
he had repeat performance by the same p- person. I mean, mm. I, I talked to somebody who might sold he might have sold him four houses in their lifetime or five. They kept coming back to him. So, you know, you know, he had that loyalty. But I, I do believe that because my parents had to go for help, they needed a little help with this guy. It was a little, a little crazy at the early ages. I mean, I got in some trouble. I got in some trouble. A uh, little bit of, you know, a little bit of fighting, but not so much that. More like throwing eggs at cars. More like, <laughs> uh, you know, like um, ch- the teachers chasing around you. you Got to remember, the teachers could do a lot of damage to you when I was growing up. I mean, you you don't know that, but they could hit you with with belts. They could hit you with with um, uh, rulers. They could spank you. Uh, you know, and you know, people like her. Whoa, you're lying. I'm not lying. That, that was the, the sign of the times. Yeah. And, and they had the permission of not only the school, but the parents, you know, mostly, you know, and, you know, things have changed. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's one of these things. But but I also, you know, I I, um, you know, I was just a little hellion and and uh, I had a few knots on my head from where my dad used to hit me with his ring on, on his on his finger. But I deserved <laughs> it. I mean, I, I did some crazy things when I was a kid. You know, I like I said, you know, you're throwing eggs at cars. But, you know, you, that's not so bad. But it's night. And, you know, it could, it could cause an accident. You know, that types of things. I remember one time I was uh, – uh, there was a new house being born or being built in the neighborhood. And I pushed all the bricks and the blocks into the basement. And I, I don't know how I got caught. I was like, nobody was watching. But they caught me. You know, those types uh, of things. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, it wasn't perfect in my house either. I was seeing some uh, crazy things going on in my house. There was a little bit of beer drinking going on and, and a lot of, a little bit of yelling. And they did a great, they, you know, they were good with me and my sister. But, but you know, we did see some things that, you know, maybe maybe they were out of line a little bit. But not at that time for me. I didn't know they were out of line. Mm-hmm. Loved them. They treated me well. They took. They went for help. They knew they needed the YMCA to make sure that this kid had a, a good time. I, I wasn't really a good student in, in junior or in grade school. It took a teacher in eighth grade and happened to be my wrestling coach because I didn't really believe in teachers because they always were yelling me and chasing me around the room, beating me, smacking me around, <laughs> stuff like that. About in eighth grade, I had a teacher. I watched. I walked into this room, and it was – an algebra teacher, algebra one, and, and Mr. Lundvall, and uh, and uh, he, he was my wrestling coach. And wow, I had a rapport. And guess what? I got a first good grade. And guess what? That felt good. I didn't know what grades felt good because I had <laughs> grades. So you know, it's one of these things that you got to experience things. And I think teachers, uh, you know, I kind of, I, I kind of disagree with certain systems. Because I was a teacher for a while. I mean, I was a teacher of wrestling, but I was actually a, a teacher at the University of Iowa for a while. And all of a sudden, I turned in my grades for uh, theory of wrestling, and uh, and uh, they sent them right back to me and said, "You can't give all A's and B's. You got to give ten percent A's, fifteen percent B's, forty percent C's, ten percent D's, and five percent F's." I said, "What are you talking about?" I. I got good people in this class, and and they're doing good work. And here's their here's the grades. And you tell me how I'm going to give the any Fs in this class or Ds or Cs. And most of them are wrestlers or football players or somebody that's had already a lot of wrestling in them. 
And they said, well, maybe you're not teaching uh, hard enough. You know, make it mm-hmm. hard enough. I said, you want to come in and you want to try to pass this test or pass this class? You know, come listen to it. Well, you know what? I went out. They let me keep, get, you know, give them, you know, give the grades that I give them to them. And uh, but guess what? What does it tell a teacher when you give an F? What does it tell? What do you tell yourself? Well, maybe the kid didn't come to class. Well, then he should have dropped the class and he wouldn't have been incomplete or yeah. just changed it. But if he came to your class and you realized he wasn't coming, or if he came to your class and he wasn't listening, you know, that's kind of up to the teacher to help out a little bit. I don't care whether it's grade school or college. And if you become a professor in college and you just don't care about your students and you don't know the students by name, or if you don't know, uh, you know, that you, that you're there to do a good job for them. And if they're not doing a good job, if you can't turn them around, I mean, my, some of my worst wrestlers, which I never call them worst. Right. They're all good. Some are just a little better than the other ones, but I'm trying to get them guys that aren't such good wrestlers to become better every day in practice. And they do that pushes, that pushes the, the line. So when you go to a student, you know, if you push him to where he try to make him work a little harder and he can all of a sudden starts getting some decent grades, it was like my eighth grade. That was a turning point in my life when a teacher gave me a B in a grade. And mm-hmm. you know what it felt like? You know what you win, how you win in wrestling? You get your hand raised. That was the first time I ever felt something really good in school. Got my hand raised. I didn't get an A, but I didn't have, I didn't know what a B felt like. So, you know, probably the best grades I had before that was C's. But, you know, that motivation right there turned me around. And guess what? The next year was ninth grade. And guess what? Ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. That's when you have to have good grades to go to good, get into college. Now, I was a good wrestler. But to be a good wrestler, I have to believe that you have to have a lot of good things going for you, including academics. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And if you don't, you don't end up going to college. You might go through the back route and, and end up there, but you might lose some years of, of possibility. So the more I believe you can do better at, the more I think you're going to have a chance to really be excelled in your area of life, and which is mine, wrestling, mine is family. Uh, I mean, wow. I mean, I got a wife of 47 years, I believe. I could have been 48 by now, but but same wife too. Can you believe it? It just doesn't work. It doesn't happen. And well, it does, but not often. And there's reasons why that happened. And a lot has to go back to those my life growing up. And we talked about that. And the teachers and the family, even though it wasn't perfect, uh, it was definitely very rewarding. So, Coach, going into that time period, then, when you talk about your early high school years, um, there was, uh, you know, you'd lost your sister. Uh, she was murdered. Um, and there was a Big Ten Network special I watched on you at that time, and it talked about that. But it talked about how you 
basically helped focus the family and you, you kept them from moving out of the house and such. How, you know, take us through that as a 15 year old and you go through something like that and how you maintain that focus and that, and that, and that attitude. Well, I'd already been through and had some leadership from the YMCA. I already had some good words from my mom and my dad. I'd already had and moved. I moved on from eighth grade start. I've had uh, eighth grade year, ninth grade year. It was just at the end of my 10th grade year. And, uh, you know, I was, I was a pretty quiet kid. And so I really didn't talk that much except for in the wrestling room or with my friends that I, that I really got to know. So I just happened to be walking to school one day after the state championship, uh, a few days after that state championship, my sophomore year. And this kid hadn't lived in the neighborhood, but I just, I usually went to school earlier to t- train like at six 30 in the morning. I had a key to the school at that time. You can't do that now, but, but anyway, so I happened to just walk to school only a block with this kid. And within that block, I already knew who he was, but he was, you know, he was a little bit older than me, but in the same grade. And he had uh, lived down the street around, around the block. And, and he mentioned a few things about my sister that really, uh, I didn't know how to take it. Uh, I wasn't really a guy that, chased a lot of girls at that time. I was pretty dedicated to sports and, and uh, uh, my girls came, the, the girls that I probably messed, messed around with a little bit. And it was because of my friends introducing to me, not me. I wasn't that type of guy. So, so I was walking to school with him. He said something that was not really pleasant about my sister, but yet it was flattering, but it wasn't like, you don't tell it, you know, hardly know this guy. And, and so that day I, I was going to say something when I came home that night uh, you know, but all of a sudden when I came home to say something, something changed. Somebody was talking in an argument or something like that. And so I just kind of backed off. And so then I slept on it that night and I just kind of let it go. I let it go, which was a, a major mistake. Uh, you know, communication is unbelievable. And you can't imagine what that not talking at that time has done to me. It's opened me up unbelievably uh, because the guy says some things and, and, and in your mind, if you would have said something to your parents, if you said something to your sister, it might've made an awareness that you could become aware of and you might've avoided something uh, that you should have with this particular individual. Uh, you can't, I mean, was over once she was murdered and and nobody really had an idea who murdered her at the time because we were my, my mom and dad and myself we were about 100 miles away and she was going to join us uh but she didn't join us and so uh we found out she had been murdered in her house and we're on our way home uh, on a ride and all of a sudden that conversation hit me out of nowhere and i said I said, Mom, Dad, I, I, you know, and they're, we're, they're grieving pretty hard, you know, because yeah, we just find out she's been murdered in her house. But it's like, I said, I might know something about this. And my dad just, he just pulled over the side road, reached over, pulled me out, slammed me against the car. What do you mean? You know, I said, Dad, I, I just had this conversation about a month ago with this kid and it just was weird. And he, why didn't you say, you know, I said, I don't even know if this is what happened. 
But we, we stopped within about 20 miles at a uh, police station at a town on the way back. Made a call to the police, gave him that tip. They ran the guy down. He was actually the next day. It was like it was a Saturday. He was we were not in school, obviously. And he was working in a grocery store, sacking groceries. And they went up to him. And they, he admitted right there to the uh, police right there. And uh, uh, wow. he, he tried to say that uh, later on that he was only 16. And I was 15 at the time. Uh, and, you know, he tried to get out of uh, the life sentence because of uh, maybe he wasn't given all his rights or not. But he, he didn't end up getting it. One of the reasons why he didn't get it is because he escaped it once he got to jail. And before he went to jail, he pointed his finger at the whole Gable clan and said, uh, I'm going to kill y'all. Wow. So, you know, it's like, but the thing is, you know, it's, what's really unbelievable about him is that before he died here about uh, seven, eight years ago in prison, he... Uh, The warden called me and, and told me that before he died, he he kind of uh, repented a little bit and said, I, I really wish I wouldn't have killed Diane Gable. And he wrote, she was such a nice girl. You know, it's like, <sighs> I cried for like an hour. <laughs> yeah. But because I, I had this stuff inside. And I still got it, but not like that. I mean, when he repented, that meant something that was yeah. unbelievable to me. And uh, my mom and dad uh, had already passed on, but I'm sure that my sister and my mom and dad, you know, if you believe in God, you know, you're yeah. you're gonna you're gonna hear that, you know, and that that's a Ooh. lot of meaning, and uh, it, it meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to me. Wow, I don't, uh, I don't know how I can follow up that with a, with the question. That was a, that's a, thank you for being so candid and sharing that with us, Coach. We well, the, the thing about it is that I thought I was going to break my family up, and so I started being more like horse with blinders, not just the what my lifestyle, but also in my uh, academics, also in my athletics, and I just wanted to make sure that I had a mom and dad that had somebody to follow because I had all high school to go through. Yeah. Two years at all of college. Then I went on to the Olympic games, the world championships. And then I went on even after that, you know, became a coach and we were still dominating, kicking butt and having good times and celebrating. And, and, uh, they, they were a part of that. You know, I was always worried they were going to break up and they lived and died together. So, you know, a 50 plus years of marriage. So I got, 47, and I can tell you right now, if if I hadn't gone through some of this in my life, I wouldn't be at number 47. It would have been over probably between five and 10 years. And it was it was probably both us uh, yeah, and even more me because I was so much focused on my profession. And, and you know, I got, you know, I had a couple kids and just got to, got to, got to analyze a lot of things before you do them. And if you don't, you might make the, uh, a mistake. And, you know, you're going to make mistakes, but you don't want to make the same mistake twice, even though I think I did a few times. And it was more like in my wrestling coaching where all of a sudden 
I did something I shouldn't have done. Uh, maybe I wasn't disciplined enough with an athlete. And then all of a sudden we win eight or nine straight national titles. And I don't even know that I'm lack and I, that I'm kind of letting up a little bit and losing a little control, hmm. but you do. Yeah. And so then again, you get kicked in the butt, you know, but yeah. you know, you hopefully at my age now that I don't make those mistakes and I don't let up and I keep going strong. So everything keeps going good. Yeah. So, Coach, coming in and then as you wrestled through high school and you had a successful career at Waterloo West, um, when it came time to decide on a college and you ended up at Iowa State with the legendary Harold Nichols, what, what was through your process as far as where you went to college and then how, how did you come to go to Iowa State then to, to, to further your career? You know, it's you know, it's you can get wined and dined and you can get, you can get uh, offers and you can get a lot of BS. But it was pretty easy for me, even though I think it might be tougher for other people. But in reality, where your friends and family can watch and see, and if there's an opportunity that's really good, I mean, if there's no opportunity in the state of Iowa to, to for your talents, then you probably have to go somewhere else. And that's just part of it. But Iowa State was winning national titles. 1965, they won a national title. My hero in wrestling at the time when I when I was a kid was a guy named Tom Peckham from Cresco, Iowa, and he was kicking butt at Iowa State and had graduated. Uh, so, and then the Buzzards actually went were at Iowa State, and then a, a friend of mine, Marty Dickey, won the state in his senior year at Waterloo West. He he went along to to. Uh, Iowa State, another friend late, and, there, and the next year, Doug Moses went. And so, you know, it was kind of like I was going to go to Michigan State and visit because I had a friend up there and uh, that had wrestled on her team. And so I was ready to go visit, but I, I'm thinking, wow, why do I want to waste any time when I know I'm not going to leave the state of Iowa? I was going to go to Iowa, Iowa State, or you and I, and at that time, my favorite was UNI because I was kind of a home guy, and that's mm-hmm. Cedar Falls. But when you looked at who had the people and where you should go, and that's where you should go. Best mm-hmm. challenge. Best challenge. Because I had Olympic uh, aspirations. Uh, you know, I mean, I had professional aspirations in every sport when I was a kid. You know, I mean, Mickey Mantle never beat me in a baseball game. I can tell you that. You know, <laughs> every time I'm up to hit against him. Whitey Ford or whoever was pitching, you know, I, I always out hit him. Uh, I was in my mind, you know, but actually I was actually out the, the bat, in the yard swinging the bat and things like that. So, uh, you know, it was pretty obvious. What's kind of funny is later on in my coaching career, I'm getting ready to, you know, I'm winning national titles after national titles. And all of a sudden Oklahoma State comes up with an offer. Ooh. Three times what I was making at Iowa. And so, you know, it's like, whoa, you got to look at that, don't you? Well, you know, I was getting ready to go there to, for the visit to talk to the AD and stuff like that. And my wife, the night before when I was getting ready to go, she just says, you know, I understand what you're saying. Kathy's the wife, Waterloo girl. And she says, you know, if you really think that that's going to be the, a big deal, if you know you get down there and like it and you think uh, th- three times the money is of value? Uh, would you mind coming home on weekends once in a while? Oh, and I had, wow. 
and I had two kids at that time, three kids. And I'm thinking, whoa, she's not going with me. <laughs> wow. In reality, I think she would have. I think yeah. she would. I'm not sure, but I think she would have. But it kind of reminds you of, uh, you know, you got, you got your mom and dad. They supported you all your life. You got a full scholarship, but still, and they love that. Uh, and, but it's like, they, you know, they were only an hour and 45 minutes from Ames from me. You know, I could come home the drop of a hat. And sometimes if there was an issue at home, I could get in the car and drive home because my dad actually bought me a car before I went to college, you know, and that was unbelievable. You know, it's one of these things. So, uh, you know, it's just a little bit of payback, a little bit of uh, instead of being alone and starting over, you don't really start over. You already got people and you've got, I mean, you're not going to start over anywhere, but the closer, the better for me. That was what it was. Mm. I wasn't a big guy that went out. My friends kind of took care of me in the off season. I was a little hellion uh, at, at the beginning, but then I straightened out and become almost too straight. But my friends who weren't so straight, you know, if I had a, a girlfriend at all, it would probably just be because of them. You know, mm. they would line me up with something and uh, we'd go out like maybe with them. And I wasn't, uh, I was into, I was into wrestling, you know, once a sophomore mm. year hit once uh, my family was committed and I was committed and lost my sister, uh, you know, it was just, that's where it was going to be. That was where it was going to be. Coach, I think it's such an interesting story about you becoming the head coach at the University of Iowa. Uh, really happened during a time when you potentially very easily could have been the Iowa State head coach. Mm -hmm. Can you walk us through that process and what the conversations were like? I didn't have to be the Iowa State head coach then. You know, sure. If I could have envisioned it happening within, you know, five, ten years, you know, which I did envision it. So that's why I was kind of staying there. But Iowa did an unbelievable job. The University of Iowa did an unbelievable job of recruiting people that cared for Dan Gable. Their friends, his friends. And his family. And I didn't know it. You know why I didn't know it? I was training for the Olympics. <laughs> and because I was training for the Olympics, I didn't want to know anything about this. I didn't want to. I'd already got distracted in my last match in my college career. And I was thinking more about the sport. And I was thinking more about what I was doing by going going through this tournament and being undefeated. Well, I got beat in the finals. I mean, again, I, I, you don't always learn every time. But that was a big time to get hit. And that was a time to... Uh, go back to in your life. And so you think I was going to go back to get distracted at the Olympic games when I was the favorite to win the Olympic games? No, I don't want to talk to this guy. I don't want to talk to uh, people about what I'm going to do, except when I'm done with the Olympic games, but there was a lot going on. I mean, this was like, uh, I don't know. Um, Sherlock Holmes. You ever heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. Deductive reasoning. Mm -hmm. uh, this guy was—he's really. I used to watch that. You know, he—he he would come up with the answers, the right answers. So Gary Kurtlemeyer was the new head coach, first-year head coach at Iowa, and he was Sherlock Holmes. Basically, he—he he knew where to go. He studied the situation. He planted people. He courted my dad and he drank beer with my dad and you know and that made a big difference and he sat down and talked with him over and over and 
and then he, he came to Ames, and he, he had a guy working in Ames that year uh, for Harold Nichols named John Marks. And, and he was a friend of mine. He became a friend of mine, but I didn't really know him. But he was there to kind of report back to Colonel Meyer. And wow. it's, not a, it's like, uh, was it illegal? No. Was it tricky? Yes. Uh, was it downright bad? No. Uh, because he did work hard and he earned his keep, but he was reporting a lot of information about me, about where I, what I was doing and how I was doing it. And uh, my family, they won my family over. They won my friends over. And then they had this time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner that they were going to hit me with a question because it was supposed to be after the Olympics. But they hit me before the Olympics when they knew I was under some pressure not to want to think about it. And so it was a take it or leave it deal, finally. And so take it or leave it, I'm not going to – I can't tell you because I'm focused and I'm not going to lose focus. So guess what? I called my mom and dad. They both – wanted me to take it. Uh, they told me one at a time because when the first one told me, I said, oh, I'm not listening to you. Put mom. <laughs> she, she said the same thing. I was like, whoa, I'm getting hit hard. I said, well, folks, I'm not going to make up my mind right now. Uh, and so I didn't tell them, but I started calling my friends. And every one of my friends were already hooked. I had no idea why. But afterwards, I learned, uh, you know, later on after the Olympics. But I definitely, uh, it caused me to... Uh, <clears throat> tell them that I was going to take the job. Wow. Because I wanted to take it, get it on with it, and go back to work. Because it was right, it was probably within a month before we went to uh, to Muni. Yeah. Okay. So it, was, it was good work by University of Iowa. Good work. Was there backlash from Iowa State fans or um, anyone there uh, when you took the job? You know, I think at first, I've never been a guy that likes to try to create that type of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if Iowa couldn't win, I wanted Iowa State to win. Yeah. You know, and Russell. You know, and I probably maybe a couple times during the heat of the battle when you're in a competition and you're just, you know, getting your guy going and they're seeing me do that, they're probably not liking me too well because they want their guy going. And they didn't win too many matches against me once we got going. Uh, I'm talking about meets. So, you know, they were on the, uh, the, the end that they didn't want to be on. I don't blame them. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're working hard to get back up there right now. And it's kind of funny because at the University of Iowa, we got Tom Brands, 
And we, he's a former Hawkeye that wrestled for me, champ, Olympic champ, world champ. And at Iowa State, you got Kevin Dresser, who's former national champ, wrestled for me, humble Iowa kid. Tom Brands is, you know, up there uh, in Northwest Iowa. And then, and then you got uh, Doug Schwab at UNI, Osage kid. And he wrestled uh, one year for me. I think he's redshirted freshman that year, but, or maybe one year, but he, um, you know, and they're doing good work. I mean, I, I'm sure that Iowa State wants to get right up there and be in the top two or three. Well, I just, I, obviously, I can't say that because they didn't come from my place and want to be in the top two or three. Mm-hmm. They got to be top. <laughs> you know, it's just the way it is because that's what they've learned. I mean, it's you know, we're we're getting their way in football, and we're I think we're up to number two right now in football. You know, wow, that's pretty good. Well, you know what? When the season ends and you're number two, it's not so good. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so when you're number one, it's good, and so but it's good right now. It's definitely good right now. And when you started out, Iowa University probably started out eight, nine, ten, uh, and all of a sudden they kept working their way up. And they once they got up there, you know, it wasn't we. You know, after winning nine straight, when you got second, it, we weren't a happy campers. You know, we we took it pretty hard because we we were a little cocky. Coach was a little cocky. Had Record performance. I mean, we were we had posters with number Roman numeral ten on them. I mean, come on, we hadn't won ten yet. You don't put that on your uniform until you win it. Mm-hmm. So you learn some lessons. <laughs> so you know, Coach. One of my favorite stories I remember um, was when Bobby Douglas went up to coach the Iowa State program, and I think it was in the Des Moines Register. It was an article, and it talked about how he woke up early one morning to go to work, and he called your house to say, "Hey." try to one up you and say, Hey, I'm going to work right now. And I think if I remember the story correctly, your wife answered the phone and said, Oh, Dan left three hours ago. <laughs> I mean, I is, that, is that the kind that of stuff that goes on behind the scenes or somebody out of state or something? And, and she, and he called, but this was his first year on the job. Yeah. And he wanted to know that he was coming after me from Arizona state. And, uh, uh, he, uh, called my house to talk to me because he was at work at 6.30 in the morning. My wife answered the phone. Said, Can I talk to Dan? Well, he caught a flight about an hour ago to go recruiting. He goes, what? He said, well, uh, I called because I thought I had an edge on him this morning because I'm already at work. But he's already – he beat me by an hour or so. Well, anyway, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> oh, God. And that was just – Happen. I mean, normally you're not going to get up every day and be gone for work at that time. But I'm a guy that goes back to when the when uh, Bob Siddons, my high school coach, gave me a key to the school, which you know, again, they don't beat you anymore. And by that, I'm saying they don't take you with paddles and and things like that. Uh, and uh, they don't, they can't give you keys to schools. Uh, if they do, they could lose their job. You know that type of stuff. But I'm not so sure some of that stuff was. The, uh, you know, it's maybe productive in a way if done right. Uh, even though I don't think I would want to be the guy that wants to start some of that stuff going again. But uh, no, that key to the school, I was the only one opening the door, and I was the only one working out early in the morning until all of a sudden I'm nine and zero as a sophomore, and then all of a sudden I open the door and somebody bumps into my back, and and they said, "Well, it was like a junior or senior," and they were saying. Well, it's working for you, so I'm going to see what, what we're doing. And all of a sudden, we end up having two, three, four, five, six guys. 
Well, of course, they were always good. Coach, we had a great coach there, but I don't. A lot of people don't want to do that extra. That extra, that extra, is needed for consistency over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And then what it does is when it comes right down to battling, even if you're out of a match, which you're never out of a match in a wrestling match, but if you're out of a football game because you're getting beat by 30 points and there's only uh, a minute to go, you know, I don't believe in taking a knee except for strategy at the last, right at the end. I still believe that you put somebody in there that you haven't, hasn't, had much experience and give him a little experience and maybe he has a good run and he's going to learn something. That's going to help the team. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that key to the school uh, was a pretty good idea because the coach could realize that there was a guy that was dedicated, dedicated enough that, and he lived closer to school than, than he did by far. And it would be easier for him to open it up. And I wanted to be there. And uh, he just, that's a good coach. A good coach can read and help, uh, create a good team through the, through his uh, teammates. Doesn't have to do all the work. You know, he did help. I mean, my parents went for help. Coach Siddons went for help. I always went for help. Uh, but you still got to be outworking everybody that you're going for help for. And they got to have that respect. They have to have that on you. Otherwise, they won't do it. Coach, I think the, one of my favorite stories I've ever heard about you, and whenever I've heard it, it just puts a smile on my face. I believe it was uh, your daughter Molly said that, um, yeah, whenever whenever my dad needed to go anywhere in Iowa City when he was uh, still the coach, we had to drive him everywhere because the only place he knew how to get was Carver Hawkeye Arena. Now, can you tell us a little bit about that and how the truth to that story? Because it's uh, it's definitely one of my favorites. True story. <laughs> it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. I still have to have my wife tell me where to turn. I knew my way from Carver or the field. Well, see, uh, from Carver because I was at the field house for a while. But I, once I got married and settled, it was pretty much Carver Hawkeye Arena, uh, and I knew where I lived. I lived different, a couple different places, and I always knew my way from the field house to my home or from Carver Hawkeye Arena to my home. And I really didn't have to uh, wonder where I was going. You know, I, I could go there. But otherwise, yes, I, I needed uh, needed to have the wife drive or her telling me exactly that this is where it goes. You know, that's why, you know, you, you have a team effort. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's like the, the, the team is your own team, but then your team of family. And if you're doing things that are really a lot of fun and winning and being successful, they are having a ball. They are, I mean, my kids, my four daughters love Iowa wrestling. I mean, they just went, they all went to the game just yesterday. And I'll tell you what, that's one to get hooked on, you know. And yeah. you know, now we go to grandkids games and stuff like that. But And we love that. But but I'll tell you, they loved Iowa wrestling, my family. My wife and four daughters, they took care of me. Uh, you know, there's a few mistakes that were made. And you have to realize those mistakes and you go about changing those mistakes to, for better. And when you do it, if you don't make it, let it happen again very often, if at all, then you're going to have them on your side. And that's a real critical. And a lot of people say, well, when I go to work, I'm going to work and I'm going to come home. I don't want to think about my work and I don't want you guys to have to think about what I do. And because it's, you know, it's, 
it's not something I like that much. Hey, if I don't like it, I probably shouldn't be doing it. If you guys don't like what you're doing right now talking to me, you probably shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> you know, when you got your own jobs, this is kind of fun. But you know what? There are certain things you do uh, for fun. Yeah. You know, you know. I mean, I mean, and and if you can get people that you really care for hooked on those fun things besides your profession as well. So, you know, I've had a lot of good fishing in my life with family. They, you know, my daughter's like water skiing. They like, we got, I got two, I got two fishing cabins, but and I got a condo in Florida. My wife loves that. And, you know, I love that too. Cause I got a workout room right next mm-hmm. to it. And, uh, you know, I got everything I need. I got to have a sauna. I got to have a steam. I got to have a workout facility. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I've been hooked on that and I'm, I'm staying and I think it's good for you. So I'm not going to leave that. I'm not going to go away from it because I'm older. But my my but my families, uh, we get together uh, certain times of the year. It's a lot of these we get together at these places, you know. And uh, you know, it's quite a few of us, twenty three of us, I think. But we have a big enough places, or we we have places right beside where we can rent that they can stay with us. And so with places get used, and that's what I like for about it. Uh, so I'm I'm going to um, well, I don't know if I. Yeah, I'm going to the governor's office coming up this next few days here about uh, something. I'm probably, probably not allowed to talk about it. But, you know, so, you know, all of a sudden I went I went to the president's uh, office, the president of the state's office, and all 23 of us were there. Unbelievable. I'm going to go to the governor's office, I think, in a couple of days, and they're all going to be there. What is going on? You know, or if, if they can't be, there's going to be 90, 90% of them. But I don't think, you know, they – you know, it's a pretty big deal going to the White House, you know, receiving in the highest honor a civilian can get. But yeah. Medal of Freedom. But you know, I don't know what the governor has up, up her sleeve here. But uh, you know, but by all of them thinking they're going to go, it must be something. So you know, yeah. but, but you know, if you if you go and you get and you're all of a sudden look around, there's nobody there. Then you might not be have done a, a good job with what you should be doing a good job with profession and family that's pretty critical yeah Yeah, you know and it doesn't have to be perfect because some people might not like what you do i mean i might not even like what i do if i have to have a job i'll have to have a job you know because you gotta make money but i always think it's nice to have a job that you really kind of like and i i mean i i mean I, i i've liked my job my whole life but and i never feel like i have a job but i've had conversations I've been this close being hit many times. You know, every time you go to press and practice, you're going to almost get get into a fight. But, uh, you know, it's, whether you're an athlete or whether you're trying to bark at a, a, an athlete and get something out of him, it's just, you know, if you're going to do a good job, you got to do a good job. And you got to find out what and how you need to do a good job because I'm not going to bark at everybody. I might bark at this guy because I know I needs to bark at him. But if this guy doesn't need to be barked at, he needs to be complimented or something, you know, you're going to be doing that. So I, I kind of, I'm a guy that takes a lot of knowledge to be successful. Uh, and that's why I never stop learning. Never stop learning. Well, that's phenomenal coach. We appreciate you sharing that. So um, basically uh on that presidential medal of freedom then, I mean, what was that whole experience like? What was the day like when you went through that? You know, I mean, what just, what was just your feeling throughout that day and what, what kind of things did you get to participate in besides the actual awards? Well, let me tell you, this is funny because we were there for two to three days and this was at the end was 
the event. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to go back to my loss. I said, why are we getting there two, three days early? Well, because they're going to take us all around Washington, D.C. We get to go on these bus trips, these train trips. Uh, we get to walk around. We get to go see people. I said, I got an event that's the final event of the of the trip. And I, I'm going to have to be able to speak. And I'm going to have to do a good job. I'm going to be with the president of the United States. And I want to do a good job. And so guess what? I got left alone quite a bit. I, I'm fine because I, I like I, – I, they can put me in a hotel. I've got a workout room and, a, you know, a TV set. I can probably watch a good athletic event. And I can probably watch and go work out. And, I can, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and I can, you know, when you go out to eat, I'll go out to eat or something. But if you're going to go on these tours, I'm not going to go on those tours. And he said, well, come on. It's no big deal. You just go on these tours. Well, I said, come on. You, I learned my lesson. You know, and don't – I don't want to bomb – and they agreed. They agreed. So mm. I only really had the end of the whole event, which went well. Um, a lot of people th- was didn't think it was so good because, you know, people don't like Trump. And and so all of a sudden when they saw my youngest grandkid at that time, who was probably three years old, rolling on the floor underneath his desk. And, <laughs> and I got another one that's one right now, boy, but but – when they saw him, they, they hit on that one. They loved that. You know, the press was like saying, look, they don't, he don't, these, this family don't care about Trump. Look at, he's not even, they yeah. and so it's, you know, it's, it was fine. Uh, and guess what? It's going to make this kid famous someday because we got all the video <laughs> and people still are talking about it. And someday they're going to say, when he's a big kid, you're that guy that rolled underneath Trump's bed. <laughs> I mean, that's great. And, and so I, great. I did a pretty good job with it. And he walked out on me, you know, when he got done. He didn't walk out on me, but they said right. they said he did. And he didn't. He was done He because they started asking questions. And it really was about it was about this Medal of Honor. And he yeah. didn't want to talk politics at that time. And so I didn't blame him. So he kind of looked like he abruptly left me, which he did, which I was fine because I was yeah. done. And he was done. And I could see what was going on, but it's no big deal. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm for both sides. You know, I, I like everybody um, yeah. a little yeah. bit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, Coach, going back to that loss, and I don't want to dwell on it, but did, have you ever ran into Larry Owings over the years since then? <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. Larry Owings, yeah, he was a young guy. He was a sophomore at that time when he beat me, but mm-hmm. and he never won another national title, but he was in the national finals twice. Well, this is the quote that'll get you. You know, it, it really helped me. I needed to lose because I needed to know that I couldn't do other things and still win at the same time. And I needed to understand a lot of things about coaching because coaches could also, uh, and they both apologized to me, not then, later on in their life. I couldn't believe that. And I didn't put put anything on them. But they could have, you know, at the time they could have kept me away from stuff and they should have probably kept me away. But they, they saw me kick butt in the room every day, every day, every day. They didn't think I'd ever get beat. So, uh, you know, it's 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 where are we going with this? Where are we going? With <laughs> I just was curious. You know, you always hear about the loss, but I was just curious whether you ever oh. ran into him and, and what those communications, oh, was what communications are like. For me, for, me, for my winning, 
the next two years. And this was unbelievable for me for winning and coaching. And so the loss was good for me. But I did something about it. So what were your Larry Owings says, I didn't know how to handle the win. Really? I didn't understand what was going to happen to me in my life. That next within that when I went home, I was, I mean, I was the hero on campus and, and at the University of Washington. And he says that he said, if I had to do it over again, he would not have won that match. Really? He wow. wanted to win the Olympic Games. He did not get a chance because he said it slowed him down and it got him doing too many other things. He said it cost him his marriage. Wow. His first one. Wow. That's what he said, I mean, it's unbelievable, but hey. You know, in reality, you, you look at things and um... Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Come one, shop all at the JCPenney Friends and Family Sale. Through Wednesday, use your 30% off coupon inside the JCP app and shine on with up to 60% off diamond solitaires and studs. Plus, get carried away with up to 70% off luggage from Samsonite, American Tourister, Skyway, and more. Anyone shops, everyone saves. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers valid on select items through 12-7. Offers reflect after coupon savings. Exclusions apply. See store at jcp.com for details. Yeah, if I, I'd love to go back and, and dominate that match because even if I'd won that match, because I was ahead until right towards the end, but it wasn't good for me to even win that match because there was a lot of things I didn't do right. And I mm-hmm. it was a much closer match than I probably should have had it, even though he's a great competitor. Right. Great competitor. But, you know, it's just even if I'd have won that match close – it wouldn't have. It would have dinged me, but not like a loss. A loss is what really can ding you, and it it uh, it, it makes it made a big difference in my life. You know, it's uh, it's one of these things that it's a marker that uh, you don't really want to change. To be honest with you, well, a lot of times you can you know, w- learn a lot more from losing than he can winning. And that's definitely. Yeah. As long as you go seven years without a loss. <laughs> you, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> hey coach, you, uh, you mentioned earlier, and we wanted to hit on this again uh, too. you you have a, a love for saunas and you know, the science behind them, how it helps you um, walk us through that a little bit about um, what makes you really believe in those and why you're so passionate about them. Well, I got about a hundred books on saunas and I do a lot of research on them and I read about all the studies and, you know, people say, you know, what you want to hear a lot, but there is a lot of research, especially coming from Finland. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, they're the kind of the homes and they do most of the research and the studies and all, everything that's, um, that I read is good. Everything that I read. You know, the only thing that's not good is if you go in there and you, you think it's a weight loss tool. 
Mm. If, if, and, and that, you know, it, it will be just for some sweat for a little while, way lighter. But that's not what the tool is for. It's a recovery tool. It's a tool that's going to make you feel better. And, I mean, when I'm not feeling good, I, I mean, I'm not talking about stiff, sore, which is every day of my life. I mean, if you wrestle as long as I did, you're going to, you know, uh, you know, not feel like you know, you're going to have some sore muscles and joints. And so, you know, it's one of these things that it just makes you uh, feel really good to heat, the heat. And mm. uh, I, uh, there is a lot of uh, studies that say the sweating's good for you and, uh, you know, that type of thing too. And, and there's, I mean, if you believe what the, the science says there, if you can believe it, because they said, well, this is a study of 100,000 people and you, you go over all these years. I mean, what do you do? Not believe it? I mean, it, it's it, it's 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 good stuff. But it's a way of life for me. It's become a way of life for me. Uh, I never did use it just for weight loss. I've always used them for how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I was a pound over before the uh, Olympic final uh, that morning when I got to the weigh-ins, and I still had another hour, so I jumped in. That's part of the wrestling facilities son is to help kids out you know uh, i mean i i always did it after practice for the, myself but for the team and it was a camaraderie thing i got in there and I, I listened i saved kids lives i feel because i heard things in that sauna and i you know and so you know if you do them the right way and uh and you make sure you understand them and you educate your people they're they're very good and they're very healthy for a lot of people. I mean, even the people that can't, can't exercise because they have they're injured or they have permanent injuries. Uh, you know, they it, it raises your heart rate. It raises your heart rate. I mean, not not like when you're uh, on a bike or uh, lifting weights or wrestling. You know, if your heart rate goes up to 170, 180, whatever it is, uh, you know, it's probably going to get up to 110, 120. I mean, but it's normal, probably 70, 80, and your elevated heart rates. That's good for you. You cannot now. Not everybody. You might have a condition or something that you maybe shouldn't do that. But you got to know that. Mm-hmm. You got to know that. And very few people are gonna not be able to use the sauna. So, uh, you know, I, I love them. I got them everywhere I go. I got them in my uh, Northeast Iowa cabin. I got my Minnesota cabin. Outdoor wood stoves. I got it in my backyard here. I got a little cabin in my backyard. I forgot to tell you. Well, <laughs> That's I, awesome. I get out there, you know, because you know I'm, I'm in her home when i stopped being a wrestling coach and stopped working i'm around a little more even though i do travel a lot and uh but i you know they have these every place i go i got a bike i got weights i got uh, a sauna uh even even in even even in my I, i like the steams too i got a steam in this house and i got a steam in my backyard cabin so uh, so I got how many saunas? One, two, three, <laughs> four, uh, four saunas and uh, uh, two steams. I think two steams. But, wow. but I like working out too. You know, I'm, it's it's a way of life for me. Sure, sure, Coach. Coach, you've always been such a lifelong advocate for wrestling in so many different aspects. We can almost do our own podcast on that. But give us your thoughts on uh, the announcement with the women's wrestling program now being added to the school. And, and how good a candidates would any of your daughters have been for the women's wrestling program? Oh, yeah. if they had it? I got some mad daughters, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really? Because uh, the youngest actually asked to go out, I believe, in ninth or tenth grade which I told him to ask their mom, you know, I said, go to your mom for this one. 
and, and I couldn't believe the answer, but Kathy, Kathy gave it was unbelievable. And it was not scripted. She just did it off the top of her head. And it was like, wow, that's a, those are a lot of good reasons why you shouldn't, because she was going to be the only girl. And mm-hmm. already no wrestling before that, except in the front room with her dad or something. Uh, and it was just at a time that wasn't maybe as proper. And, uh, you know, it's one of these things. But she did compete in uh, soccer at Loras, married a soccer player, too. And then the, the Molly, she ran track and field, and she swam, too, and she swam at the University of Iowa. The two before that, Annie and, and, and uh, you know, they – Annie, I'm try, I think I'm trying to uh, think uh, about her. Uh, she probably wasn't going to be an athlete. Uh, even though she did compete in a lot of different things at the beginning. And Jenny uh, was a good athlete, but uh, uh, just didn't really do it much at that time. Mm-hmm. And Annie either. And Annie could be good, too. Uh, her kids, I mean, her all the families are really good. All the 13 grandkids are all in sports. Yeah. And they're all loving them. And some of them are really good. I mean, they're going to be eye-openers to everybody, people in, in the future. So, you know, they, they're, they're pretty good. So, you know, that's that type of thing. So, But the girls' wrestling program is a savior for us. It should have happened a long time ago. Yeah, I was a little slow, and, I, and it, they would be better than – not the University of Iowa. We're actually looking at adding a, the only D1 program – we, I mean, but which we go into another system, but mm-hmm. but uh, it's taken a while, but it's definitely saved us when we get kicked. We got kicked out of the Olympics almost uh, because we already had girls wrestling at the Olympic level, and right now the United States is number two to Japan in women's wrestling in the world and in the Olympics. Uh, right now we're number two to Russia in uh, the World Championships. Where I think we were number two to to uh, Russia in the Olympic Games this year. So we've we're doing really well. The United States is really good. It just so happens we've got a couple countries that have dominated and they're still putting a lot of effort into it. Comes right out of Putin's office. Comes right out of uh, Iran's head head people. Uh, they're some of the most famous athletes in both their countries, and they got a lot of pride. And they I, they look at it, you know, I, I, they they look at it a little bit like the toughness of their country and so on and so forth, but. There's a lot of a lot of a lot of good uh, countries. I mean, we got a hundred, two hundred countries that wrestle. Yeah. I mean, in the world, and uh, so that's not going away. And if it would have went away, there would have been a battle. We still would have had world championships. We would have got it back. It's just that it's like anything else. If you don't do a good job, and you're the leaders in your profession, then you're going to get axed. Mm-hmm. And we had to. We had people there, and that we had change. But the people behind them did a pretty good job of stepping up, and we're still doing a pretty good job. Maybe we could do a little better. Hmm. But the United States is uh, really close to that leadership right now, and we do we are doing a pretty good job of USA Wrestling out of Colorado Springs. Rich Bender's doing a really good job. Uh, Mike Moyer of National Wrestling Coaches Association is doing a really good job. And by, when I say really good job, that doesn't mean they're doing a perfect job. They could do better. <laughs> it's just like – it's just like uh, uh, everything else in life, you know. One day, it's this way. This is perfection one day. The next day, whoa, wait a minute. 
They got a new discovery. Mm. Science discovered this. So, well, we can be a little better. And we got to go that direction. And that's kind of where we're at. And I've always kind of thought that way. So that's one of the problems with me. And that's why sometimes people kind of look at me funny. Hmm. Like, you know, you've done all this, you've done that, and you're still trying to improve. Yeah, of course. No. Well, Coach, we just want to sincerely thank you for taking this much time out of your schedule to sit down and talk with us. And we're uh, just deeply honored and appreciative that you're able to join us. And we, I had a great time, learned a ton. It just was such a fun interview. Well, you know, I was there. And then you look at the states, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, uh, I think one of the Dakotas, uh, Nebraska. It's connected to Iowa, you know, so I've been through Nebraska quite a few times going on, on my way to the United States Olympic Training Center. Mm-hmm. And I kind of love that drive out there. It was a long drive. Yeah. But I always stopped, stayed somewhere. I made sure they had a sauna and I got a workout and so on and so forth. But but uh, I've had some great times in Nebraska. Uh, we got there's some great wrestlers from Nebraska or some that even came in. Coach Manning at the University of Nebraska's. Uh, doing a good job. Uh, you know, we don't want to beat Iowa by any means at all, or Iowa State or UNI, but, but uh, you know, we want them to have a good program. And uh, I, I think I used to wrestle in uh, Omaha or Lincoln I, a lot. When I was at Iowa State, we had this tournament that was early season. And I, you know, it was unbelievable. I got stories there. We used to have national championships there. One of our big leaders in, in, in the sports was from Nebraska, from Lincoln over there, Newt Koppel. He used to just to lead our sport. He was a little bit shady at the time, you know, and some things. And we had to make sure that we, you know, got some things straightened out. But I can remember going to Lincoln one time in a tournament, had six in, in this tournament, had six Oklahoma State kids or five or six. I pinned all five or six of them. You know, I was like, wow, you know, that's the big rivalry, Iowa State and, and Oklahoma State. And so it was like, I don't forget those things. And I can remember a time when I wrestled a guy in Lincoln, Nebraska, when I was first my first freestyle match ever. He beat me, and uh, but he was a, already he was already a world place winner. Became our first world champion, Rick Sanders. And I just remember because right before I wrestling my first freestyle tournament, it was like in tenth not in tenth grade, but uh, freshman year in college. It was the national championships for freestyle, and I made the uh, I think it was the finals. And he come up to me right before he. After my semifinal match, he came up to me and he, he, he patted me on the shoulder. I turn around and he goes, "Hey, Gable, you're, you're pretty good, but you got me next." Oh, <laughs> and guess what? I go, "What?" He goes, "You better bring a baseball bat to the mat with you. Whoa. You're gonna need it." And you know what? I should have took that baseball bat. <laughs> match. But he got all the calls, which he should have, because he was good in freestyle. And I should have had that baseball bat. That would have evened the match out. <laughs> so, anyway, so, Coach, Coach thanks on for that, having me on. No worries. On that note, can you, you know, everybody always talks about the Chuck Norris rules. And when you grow up in Iowa, Chuck Norris doesn't hold a candle to Dan Gable and all the urban legends that we hear growing up there. Was it true that none of your wrestlers, whenever you went, until you got to an age where you wouldn't get on the mat anymore, is it true that none of your wrestlers ever could beat you on the mat? Well, they didn't want to beat me because they knew I'd put them through a lot of tougher workouts. <laughs> but, uh, I think I, I won in 72 of the gold medal in the Olympics. And nobody scored a point on me. I think right. I went through 83 
to where I couldn't, where all of a sudden I came off a of practice with my heavyweight, and his name was Lou Bannock, yeah. and he was an Olympic champion in 84 and a two-time national champion heavyweight. And he didn't beat me in that workout. But when I walked off that mat in 83, I said, wow, I'm slowing down a little bit. I got a little tired there. <laughs> I think I could have you know, kept on going and wrestling and won a lot more in the international world level. But you know what? I don't want to change the thing because I, I was coaching people to championships. Great family. I mean, it would have been a whole different story if I had stayed in, in, as a competitor. But, no, uh, that was – and then, you know, I still, uh, I mean, I had a bad hip, but I didn't, mm -hmm. I, I, I went on it for uh, 83, didn't I? Uh, I think I felt it in 87, 86. My hip was bothering me. Well, in 97, I finally retired from wrestling coaching and went and did something about it. So, you know, it's one of these things that, uh, and I was still wrestling. And then when I replaced my hips in 97, I still kept wrestling. And then I replaced my next hip, and I still kept wrestling. And I, they didn't last very long. So then I had to replace them, and then I got smart. Nope. <laughs> and they had better products, too. Yeah. So that made a big difference. And so I'm in good shape now. Yeah. Yep. Well, well, my knee's been hurting lately, so, you know, I'm going to yeah. have to do something about that. So, and if I can bring this back full circle, Coach, and then we'll let you get on with your evening. We really appreciate all the time you've given us tonight. Um, full circle then, you know, you went, you stood on podium, you stand on the podium as a high school champ or then as a college champ, and then as an international champion at the Olympics as a coach. Is that all that same feeling you had when you got your hand raised in, in school with that first good grade? I mean, is it, is it still that feeling of success for you or was each one different or? No, that was all the same. That was all good academics. Anything you do good in, that was that. But what was even better, it was like not one hand. I got two hands raised. In fact, I usually got ten hands raised because when you're a coach and those kids are getting their hand raised, I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Because I always said, that kid, I might not like that kid. But somebody does. Mm. And when they got their hand raised, I usually didn't even look at the kid. I looked at the parents. And mm -hmm. they were jumping for joy, and they had a great time. So it's more that who loves that kid instead of just the kid. So that's where that you, you got to find all these reasons to be to be to be good. And the more you can find, the better. All right, Coach. Well, thank you again. We appreciate it more right. than you'll ever know. This was phenomenal. We had a blast talking to you, and I'm pro we're probably going to be talking about this for a long time to come. So coach again, yeah. like we can't thank you enough for everything you've done for the university of Iowa, the athletic department, Iowa wrestling, and just the state of Iowa as a whole. Well, you know, I'm not done. So I just want you to know that. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, and, and so, You can have me on again sometime when I do something else. Well, one, <laughs> one last note and just a note from me is uh, when you live in Nebraska and you're an Iowa fan, you know, Nebraskans like to talk about their football and their trophies. And, you know, how many national championship trophies do you have argument? But the Nebraska fans that love wrestling and they want to start talking about their wrestling and you turn around and show your Iowa gear, they don't even have a response to it. So oh, I think we froze up. Nope. Oh. Yeah. So I missed you there. Oh, oh I said. For the I last said 30 in seconds, you've been off. Oh, no, uh -oh. that's fine. I just said the Husker football fans like to top their national championship trophies when they want to talk to us right now because of the losing streak they're on. But I said when it came to wrestling, 
when they, they want to start talking about the wrestling program and you just turn around and kind of show them the Hawkeye logo, they got nothing to say. So thank you for that coach, because I mean, they, they realize who the program is. So. Well, we're pretty, we're, we're pretty good in football. I think we only can move up one spot. So that's not. Yeah. Too well, and we're getting there. We're, we're trying to put them in their place, but maybe we get that number one spot and then they can, we, we get rid of that can, argument too. And they can go to work and try to get another number one. Yeah. Let's <laughs> get, right. let, let's get that big 10 championship. That's, thanks, coach. that's first and All right, foremost. Thank you. Thank All you. right. Thanks Hawks. coach. Have a great night. Go Hawks. Take care. Come one, shop all at the JCPenney Friends and Family Sale. Through Wednesday, use your 30% off coupon inside the JCP app and shine on with up to 60% off diamond solitaires and studs. Plus, get carried away with up to 70% off luggage from Samsonite, American Tourister, Skyway, and more. Anyone shops, everyone saves. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers valid on select items through 12-7. Offers reflect after coupon savings. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details.